Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. Our special guest on Bent Notes is a Melbourne-based double bass player who's also an academic writer and music critique. Away from playing music, one of his, his objectives is to draw readers' attention to under-recognised creative and innovative contemporary music. A freelance double bass player, Stephen Hornby, is also a member of a number of projects, including Koi Kingdom, and his newest project, a very interestingly spelt First Son. It's my pleasure to bid a very warm Bent Notes welcome back to Stephen Hornby. Welcome, Stephen. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. It's been uh, too many years. It has. Yeah, it's been a few. I think it was the first Koi Kingdom album that you were here for. That's right, yeah. Yeah, It was back in Burke Street days. Yes, it was. This time we've got you back with a... A group that's got a very interestingly spelt name, pluses at each end. Yeah. <laughs> the word first, but with a colon instead of an I. Yes. And the sun with a double N. Is yes. there any significance to any particular components? No, unfortunately. No, I just thought it looked cool. And I think perhaps in hindsight, it was not maybe the most wise, because it just makes it quite hard to Google, doesn't yeah, it? I was going to say, yeah. it's hard to come up in a Google search. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to get all the spelling exactly right for it to come up. No, I just thought it just thought it would look cool, basically. It do, it, which it does. Yeah, it does look really, really good. There was much debate before you turned up as to how you pronounce that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it might throw a few people, but yeah. An academic writer. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. What does um, it mean? I don't know. I don't know where you got that from. Oh, it was but, in your bio. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. I better reread that. <laughs> um, Well, I do like writing about music and I have done some writing about music too. I've written some things for um, ozjazz.net and stuff like that. So that is, yeah, that is an interest of mine that I'd like to pursue more. Yeah, it's, yeah. I really love like, I love playing music, but I also love thinking about it and I love talking about it and I love writing about it. I like, yeah, so. An all-rounder in that regard. Yeah, yeah. And the aspect of drawing readers to under-recognised and innovative contemporary music, why is it important to draw readers to that aspect of our music culture? Yeah, I, I think that's something that I would hope to convey with my writing is to draw people's attention to things that they might not have noticed. Stuff that's not, maybe not instantly noticeable, like more subtle, more detailed things. Yeah, I guess it's, uh, I hope that, yeah, it just is a way of bringing more listeners into the music yeah introducing us all to something that we might not actually go out of our way to find yeah that's it trying to i guess maybe make it accessible in some ways to because sometimes it might be uh, i feel like yeah it could be perhaps esoteric or it might reference some things that are kind of niche or something like that but like if it's framed in the right way, perhaps it can be translated to, yeah, a, a broader audience. Something that, that we can understand where, where generally we might just look askance at it and 
ignore it totally. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I'm getting at, yeah. Is writing about that side of the music area fraught with challenge to get something published because it's not mainstream, in inverted columns? Yeah, it is. And it's it's uh, my experience is that it's a labour of love. There's there's If there's not much music uh, money in music, then there's much less in writing about music. But yeah, I guess for me it's like, it's part of how I feel like I can contribute to um, the community. And, and certainly it's something that I really value when people have taken the time to listen to and reflect on and write about. And surely sets made. you apart as well. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't, um, yeah, I am aware of that in some way. It's like also a part of um, me, a marketing thing for myself. You know, it's like this is a way for me to get known within the community too. So there is some benefit, even if it's not a financial one. Do you find when you're critiquing music and musicians other than yourself that it's more challenging to you because you're a musician, critiquing people who you might actually get up on the stage with or work with? Yeah, I'm not big on critiquing. I kind of like I kind of like to keep it pretty positive. I, I think if, if somebody's gone to the trouble of I think perhaps because I'm a musician, I sort of know people are really putting themselves out here out there you know and they've put like they've dedicated a lot and i don't honestly see the point i mean i don't think it's particularly constructive they're gonna it's not like they're gonna sort of read my interview oh yeah okay maybe that was a good idea maybe i did you know i i don't think it's particularly constructive i think i'm, I'm really trying to like highlight good aspects and bring people into the music not the the opposite you know what i mean yep. yeah yeah that, that so i'm hoping that my um my insight as a musician is something that's valuable in the writing as well to both musicians and non-musicians. Yeah, give a bit of an insight from from that perspective to people who maybe aren't musicians, yeah. Well, good luck with uh, the future of your writing, getting it out there to a broad audience so that the lesser-known elements of the music uh, area can be better known mm. because it's it, there's so much good content there that is only known by a few people who love that aspect, but it's not generally shared amongst the community mm, thanks we're going to hear a piece from your quintet first son it's called jonathan mm -hmm. what should we be listening for so that we may all write our own critiques mm. of this music <laughs> this one is uh oh, actually maybe i should take the question back okay, sure. one more rung first because the description of the music as being folkloric contrapuntal melodies meandering harmonies and a splash of humor mm -hmm. we thought we should ask what that all means in plain What's English. What's a contrapuntal melody? I, I, okay. That's my question for me. Okay, I, fair yeah. enough. So, yeah, it, it basically means two independent melodies that move in different directions. Right. So okay. this track is n not really an example of that. Because okay. you hear the two saxophones, they're just, they're playing in rhythmic unison, but I guess maybe they are uh, contrapuntal at times. This one is, yeah, probably the most folkloric and the most sort of like really leaning into that sort of folky, beautiful kind of the richness um, of, of the saxophones harmonising and, yeah. Jonathan from the self-titled debut album from Melbourne Quintet, First Son, led by Stephen Hornby. Our special guest on Bent Notes is Stephen Hornby, leader of First Son. You're listening to Joy, 94.9.
You are listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Find more podcasts and show blogs at joy.org.au. You're listening to Bent Notes on Joy 94.9, where our very special guest is Stephen Hornby, leader of First Son. How long has First Son been working together? I formed the, the band at the beginning of last year. So what's that, 2022? Beginning of 2022, we did our first gig. How has the music developed in that time from your original concept? It's a little bit concerning how much of a part lockdown played in the, you know, like if I kind of wonder if it wasn't, if the world hadn't have gone into a global pandemic and, you know, whether, it, you know, so I, I don't want to have to rely, I have to find a way that I can sort of keep doing this without needing to be in months and months of lockdown. But I did write most of the music during those two years of lockdown. When you've been playing it over the last 18 months as lockdowns have gone and there's a little bit more freedom about have you thought to yourself that actually I don't like that anymore I want to change there are some things about it that I yes I would I would perhaps now change yeah I I think for the most part I'm I'm feeling very very proud of it and yeah really really pleased with it yeah it certainly is a, a very good sounding album I've had a really good listen to it in the car. I was on a trip that went for, I think it was a 50-minute trip. So I almost got the entire album done. (laughs) I was in the car by myself, so I was able to have it up as loud as I liked. And it was really enjoyable just to to drive along and have this music playing along with some very nice melodies. Mm, Thank you, yeah. The group itself, was it a group that you put together because of the chemistry that you already knew existed amongst the players? Or was it a case of saying to yourself, I've got this new music, I want it played this way, who will be my best people to do so? I'd say a bit of both. Everybody in the band is like a dear friend who I like love. (laughs) I I know that um, not all of them had played together, but I also just had this really good feeling that that when I got them in the same room that some good stuff would happen because I was really excited about all of their playing individually and I just thought, yeah. this and, and I think I'm proud to say that I think I was pretty right. I was on the money. You know, everybody was really into it and everybody, it's been like such a such a great vibe in the band, yeah. I feel really, really lucky and I think I really want to, I guess, capitalise on um, having these great musicians who are all keen and enthusiastic and there's this, yeah, there is this like, kind of chemistry that the group has that works together that, yeah totally you launched the album back on june 15 at the jazz lab what was the reaction like from your audience that night it was a very very lovely night album launches are always a little bit of a special one you know they're always like it's always a bit of an emotional kind of release after you know lots of work and i think i felt like very supported by my community a lot of people showed up to support me and yeah it was just a very very lovely night yeah Having written all this music during the periods of lockdown, is there a message that you're trying to get out to the listener through your music? I think it's about showing parts of myself. There's there's parts of myself that I wanted to show to people. I guess it's like different sides of myself that I, I wanted to to represent. It's I guess, yeah, I think uh, it is largely about me making music that I wanted to hear but also about wanting to feel seen as well like to to yeah to feel this is what I'm into and and for people to know about that you know yeah I I feel lockdown did that for a lot of people actually it Mm. it sort of made you very introspective didn't it Mm. and it made you sort of really understand who you are and and want to get that message out there Mm. yeah there's a couple of pieces that have women's names against them Helen and Joyce an extension of your family yes yeah they're both my grandmother's on my mum's and my dad's side yeah 
What was it about the piece, pieces that you wrote that caused you to say, actually, that's Helen and this one's Joyce? Well, with Helen, I have a painting that Helen did for me on my wall at home. I was kind of spent a lot of time looking at it while I was writing the piece. <laughs> so that, that was where that inspiration came from. And the one Joyce, I actually named my bass after Joyce. Oh, did you so really? So my bass is actually named Joyce. So the song's technically named after my bass, not after my grandma. <laughs> but it, you know what I mean? Yes, so I do. So I named it Joyce because it's a solo piece. And it was really just like I wrote it on my instrument for my instrument. Just, you know, I was kind of like it was during the lockdowns. And I was just basically trying to imagine like what kind of music would I make if I was stuck in this room alone with my instrument on my own for the rest of my life you know and just just what would I want what would I want to say with it and so that's what I came up with and Joyce is the answer and Joyce is the answer the music you describe as a fusion of jazz contemporary classical composition and rock mm. why those three I think for me there's something quite exciting about the the, the joining of like the, the improvisation that comes from jazz with sort of rock feel and the rock groove. That's something that I've been drawn to for many, many years. And it's something also that I feel like is something slightly unique that I feel like I have to offer and say within like our local community. Yep. And as for the, the, the classical thing, yeah, that's, that's a, a different influence, I guess, drawing from some musicians and composers that I, I really like where they compose, again, for an improvising ensemble, but really quite densely notated stuff, which is a really cool thing. Yeah, there's a composer, John Hollenbeck, who I'm really fond of, who just, yeah, writes for improvising jazz musicians, but almost as if it's like a classical ensemble, which is which is something that I think is really cool. Very much so. To, to have notes on the page to, to, to work from based upon what we'd expect to see on a classical page, but being played with a jazz focus mm, yeah, totally. and a rock feel. Yeah, and still have that and still have that ability to improvise and weaving in the improvisation with the dense composition and those sorts of things. Yeah. What a challenge. Yeah, challenge. You need sure. musicians who are very confident in what they're doing and very confident in their reading. Yeah, that's right. It's there's there's a you got to tick a few boxes because I think it's important that everybody's like yeah, a really strong improviser, but everybody has to be able to read well and be able to execute detailed compositions, and also yeah, play rock music with authenticity, which is not something that all jazz musicians are necessarily comfortable with. <laughs> but here's a means of enabling members of First Son to become comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Was it more comfortable because I already knew you? you you're, you're good friends with these people? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think, yeah, it's it's a pretty vulnerable place to be at, to, to present people with music. It's, and, and so I feel like for me, it's really important to have that strong connection. And the splash of humour. Yeah, I think that's something that I really like in, in jazz music. And, some, and again, something that I feel like I want to emphasise more because sometimes I feel like jazz, it can get a little bit serious. Um, and so for me, there were, I wanted uh, uh, that was something that I wanted this album to have elements of f being playful, being fun, being funny. There are um, moments in it that still make me laugh, you know. So yeah, that's something that I was hoping to uh, get across through this music mm. as well. Driving the other day, listening to it, I I didn't have a sense of awesome seriousness about what I was listening to. It was a very enjoyable listen both musically and, I think, from that perspective of not having this seriousness about it. So I think you might have achieved oh. on all scores there. Oh, thank you. Well That's done. Lovely. We're going to have a listen to a piece called Helen, which mm -hmm. we just dis discussed, one of your grandmothers. Mm -hmm. What should we be listening for in Helen? 
This one is a good example of the contrapuntal melodies. It starts with Cheryl on the alto, and then Andrew takes over, and then you hear the two of them together, and then it sort of builds into this crescendo where they both begin to improvise, and then it ends with kind of the way it started, you know, sort of bookends with, yeah. Beautiful. Let's have a listen to Helen. Stephen, first of all, thank you so much for dropping here into the Bent Note studio tonight. Really do appreciate your time. And it has been lovely to hear about First Son. Thank you so much, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Our best wishes to you and the entire ensemble for success with this debut album. Details about that album are available on Bandcamp. Certainly jump on there and search for Sun, S-U-N-N, and First in F colon R-S-T. Good luck. Our guest on Bent Notes has been Stephen Hornby. You're listening to Joy 94.9. You've been listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Join us live each Sunday night on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.